Today's daf is daf Ein Aleph. We are holding at the two dots about six, seven lines down from the top of Ein Aleph Med Aleph. Gufa, this itself was mentioned yesterday. Am Rabbi Yehuda Amashmul Kolaratzis Isel Eretisrol. All of the lands in which the Jews live or surrounding Eretisrol are considered like a mixed batter. Means there's impurities mixed within the lineage when you compare it to the pure lineage of Eretz Yisrael. The Eretz Yisrael is Bavel, but Eretz Yisrael itself is considered to be of mixed batter, like a mixed batter with not pure, perfectly pure lineage when you compare it to Bavel. That we learned yesterday. And the difference would be, Rashi mentions later on, is that if somebody, uh, let's say from Bavel, wants to marry someone from Eretz Yisrael, then you would have to check the person from Eretz Yisrael out not the word person from Bavel, whereas somebody from Eretz Yisrael wants to marry somebody from another country uh, other than Bavel, you'd have to check that person out, you wouldn't have to check out the person from Eretz Yisrael. That's the gist. So we may Rebbe, in the days of Rebbe, Rabbeinu HaKadosh, he uh, was in Eretz Yisrael, but he descended from Hillel Hazaken a couple hundred years earlier, and Hillel was from Bavel, all right? So in the days of Rebbe, Big Shulasa's Bavel Isil Yisrael, there was a strong push in Eretz Yisrael that they wanted to consider that the, the rule should be that Bavel is considered like a mixed batter compared to Eretz Yisrael, meaning Eretz Yisrael is considered to be a purer lineage than Bavel. And they wanted Rebbe, who was the Nasi, who was the leader of the generation, to pass that ordinance, and that's the way it should be. Eretz Yisrael has a higher status of lineage then Bavo. And Amar Allah he said to him, He said, you're placing thorns between my eyes, meaning you're asking me to do something that is inimical to me. Because if you're saying that the lineage of Bavel is tainted, then actually what I'm having to do then is rule against myself, against my own family, because my family, Hillel Azaken, we all come from Bavel. So therefore, you're asking me to do something where there's a bias, I have a proclivity. Therefore, it's onchem, yitap barachama. If it is, that's your wish, that you want to see if you can change the status quo, then the person has to be dealing with you, someone that does not have that bias. Let Rabbi Chanina ben Chama rule on the matter. So so he dealt with the request. He said, he said, we have the following tradition, which we learned before. That he said in the name of his father, the great Rabbi Yossi, that all countries are considered to be a mixed batter when you compare them to Eretz Yisrael. But Eretz Yisrael is Yisrael Bavel, that's a mixed batter when you compare it to Bavel, and that's the status quo, and that is not going to change. Same thing happened in the days of Rapinchas. They wanted that there should be a, a, an ordinance passed that Bavel should be considered to be a mixed batter of tainted lineage when it's compared to Eretz Yisrael. So Amalahem, so he said Lavadav to his servants. He had servants used to carry him. As an old man, he had like a, like a, a, a chair that they used to carry, wheel him in. So he said to them, Shani Omer Shnei Medrash. I'm going to go into Beis Medrash to rule in this matter. So I'm going to go and say two things. When I finish saying both of my rulings, Tuluni Barisa Barutsu, grab me in my, in my chair, and get me out of there. Don't let me hang out. Now it's interesting, Rashi says a very interesting reason why don't let me stick around. What he's going to basically say is that we don't consider Eretz Yisrael to be completely a pure lineage. There is tainted lineage in Eretz Yisrael. So you cannot say Eretz Yisrael is on a higher level than Bovel. And what's going to happen is that the, the, that the, the students are going to clamor and, and, and pester me to reveal who these families that I consider to be tainted are, and it's going to be a whole big balagan because they're not going, they want to corroborate what I'm saying, and I don't want to start having to identify and reveal which families are considered tainted in Eretz Yisrael. So just get me out of there so they don't have a chance. Now what he's going to do is, he started off with a ruling that's going to uh, bamboozle them, something that they had not thought about, and that's going to distract them, and then it's going to slip in the second ruling. 
So he's going to start up with a, 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 a wild ruling, and then he's going to slip in the second one, and while they're all tumbling, he's, then, then it's, I'll make my, you'll get me out of this, there shouldn't be a problem. So what happened over here? So Ki Ayel, when he went up to, to give his uh, rulings, Amar Lahem, the first thing he said, is that the fact that you have to shech birds, chickens, that's not a Torah ordinance. Now actually, there is a machlokas tanoim in Meseches Chulin. There is an opinion, I believe it's Rabbi Yossi Aglili, who holds that there's no shechita daraisa on birds. The other tanoim hold no. They only have to shech one of the two simonim, the trachea or the asava. It's not both, but for sure there is a dor- So, But he started with the opinion, which is the more controversial opinion, that really the requirement of shechting birds is rabbinically or a rabbinical ordinance, not a deraisa one. So So while the students were sitting and discussing that, and then right, then he stuck stuck in the second one. He says, "Amar that all other lands are considered to be a mixed battle when you compare it to Israel. But Eretz Israel is Israel above That's considered to be a mixed battle when you compare it to Bavel. Not blue Barisa. They grabbed him in his couch on his on his on, on, on his chair for Rotsu." And they hightailed it out of there. Rotsu Acharav, the others, the students all ran after him. But they did not reach him. They weren't able to catch up. Yashbu Badku, so they themselves sat and started figuring out, let's do genealogical tra- tracing. Let's figure out which families are the ones that are tainted. Ubadku, and they started investigating. And until they got into some hot water, they put themselves in danger. Raji says that there are some very powerful and violent families that they started unearthing that some of these families, perhaps, there's question about their genealogy. And when these families found out that they are being questioned about their, 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 their lineage, their repercussions were harsh. And therefore, the Pirishu, they stopped doing it. Meaning, better... Just to leave, uh, let sleeping dogs lie. Correct. I'm Rabbi Yechon. Rabbi Yechon said, "Hey, Chola is an illusion of an oath by the sanctuary. We have in our abilities. There is enough knowledge nowadays that we can trace back lineage and identify where the problems are." But what can I do about this? Mixed into these defective lineage are the most powerful and the greatest of our generation. Meaning that we not, might not want to start unearthing because we'll end up starting to disqualify some of the greatest people of our generation. So Savalak Rabbi Yitzchak, so Rabbi Yochanan holds like the ruling of Rabbi Yitzchak. Tam Rabbi Yitzchak, Mishpacha Shenitma'ah, Nitma'ah. That a, uh, a family that has become mixed, you should let it be mixed. Means we don't, if we cannot pinpoint exactly, and we have to start looking at uh, that there's problems within the greater family, it's better not to start trying to unravel and look, let it lie, let it be the way it is. And we go with the status quo. Amar Abaya, Av Ananami Tanina. We actually have learned that also. I believe, what is that, in a, in a Mishnah? That's a Brisa, right? In a Brisa. So we also had this in a Brisa. What was it in the Brisa? It says, what's that? It's a Mishnah. It is a Mishnah. Mishnah. Where is that Mishnah? Idios. Okay. So Av Ananami Tanina, we learned in a, in a, in a Mishnah. Mishpachas Beisat Srifa, Haisab Evra Yarden. There was a well known family, it was known as Mishpachas Beisat Srifa. They were a powerful family across the Jordan. Verichka Ben Sion. Ben Sion was the leader of the generation, but he himself was a very powerful person, wasn't afraid to take anyone on. And he went and he was Merachet that family. Literally means he, he distanced that family, he identified, he was able to pinpoint. There is a problem, and this family, because of their strength and their power, were able to make it into society without people questioning them, because people are afraid to take them on. But he says, I'm not afraid of them. And he went and he distanced this family. He said that you cannot marry into this family. Bezroa, with, with, with power, with, with force. 
And there was another family, the Kirva ben Siyon Bezroa. It was the opposite, right? That they actually, this family should have been part of society. It means there was no problem with them, but whatever it is, they had a falling out and they were banished, but really they should not have. And he forced people to take back that family because he felt there was nothing questionable about their particular ling- uh, lineage. So the, 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 uh, the, the, the Mishnah concludes, These are the type of families where it's clear just because of, because of their position in society they were either distanced or they made themselves in. Those are the kinds of families that Eliyahu Novi will either say are Tame or Tahar when Mashiach comes, right? But uh, so there'd be the oh, to distance or the Karev or to bring in, right? You're going to Eliyahu the Adina because these are the families that it's clear people know about it, they just don't want to talk about it they're, because they, 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 they are afraid of starting up with the wrong people. But a family that got mixed, there was a mixed in, we don't, and, and it just happens to be that we, no one's aware of it. The status quo is there's no problem. To start now looking for problems within those mixtures of families, they're going to stay mixed, and Eliyahu Novi is not going to identify who they are, and the status quo will remain. Tana we learned in Ebraisa, Oda Cheres Haisa. There was another family, and the Racham did not want to reveal who they were. But what? But meaning like this publicly, they didn't want to shame them. But on a private level, the Chachamim would give the information over to their children and to their students and say, better to stay away from this family. So they did not publicly out them in society, but it was kept quiet on the. On a need-to-know basis, they uh, they they uh, and, and this information was only shared once every seven years. The shvuah says a, a shmita cycle. They would only give this information over once every seven years. I'm I'm saying paman It actually was given over twice every seven years. And Amrav Nag Bayitz The lot more logical opinion was once every seven years. Why the less less. That, uh, uh, giving this over information less than more. Why does that make more sense? Because we have a bride that says, that if a person makes a statement that I will be a Nazir if I don't give over information that I know that could help disqualify certain families. So, yeah, Nazir. It's better for him to be a Nazir. So, what do you see? That keeping that information, suppressing that information, is, uh, is, is better even if it results in you having to accept on yourself a Nazirus. So the question should be once every seven years or twice every seven years, the position that it should be once every seven years would seem to be the more correct position. All right, so therefore, ye Nazir, the and he should not reveal it. The Legal and Mishpacha should not reveal which families he considers to be of tainted lineage. Amar Rabbi Baruchanan, Amar Baruchanan, Shame ben Arba Oisios, that the Hashem's name, the ineffable name, was called the Yudke Vavke, alright? Uh, the Chachamim would teach their students once every seven years how to pronounce it. Yudke Vavke, right, we're going to see we don't actually read it in the Psukim, but that we shouldn't forget how to actually pronounce it. Once in seven years, they would teach the students how to do it. For Amrland, some say, Pamai Bashavu twice every seven years. Amr of Nagma Yitzchak, Mustafa, makes more sense. If you command Amr, the one says, Pamai Chabeshavu, should be less, is better once every seven years. Why? Because the Pasuk says in Shmos, Zesh Mila Olam, this is my name. The Yudke Vavke, this is my name that will be my eternal name forever. But the Olam should be read also, understood as being the Alain, to be hidden. Olam could mean forever, and the Alain is to hid. This is my name that should be hidden. So therefore, since it's the name that should be heaven hidden, if it's a question, should it be revealed once every seven years, once or twice every seven years, it makes more sense it should only be done once every seven years. 
Right. Le'alem uh, siv. The way it's written is without the vav, not le'olam. We pronounce it as le'olam, but it's written as it should be hidden. All right. Rava savar le'midrash v'epirka. Rava thought it's important that we shouldn't forget how to pronounce it, and he wanted to publicly announce how to pronounce it. So a certain elderly chacham who was there said, le'alem siv, that the Torah writes it, le'alem, it should be hidden. You should not be uh, teaching this publicly. Rebbe Avina Rami. Ravina had a contradiction. Ksiv, on one hand, we find that Hashem's name, the Yudke Vavka, it says, Zeshmi, this is my name, okay? Right? Ksiv, Zezichri, this is my, how I'm remembered. So this is my name, it's called, on one hand it says Zeshmi, and it says Zezichri, all right? So the Chorah, what, 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 why does it make a distinction between what is my name and how it's actually remembered? Remembered implies the way it's read. The way my name is in terms of how it's written should not be the way it actually is remembered in terms of how it's written, how it's read, right? So therefore, uh, the way I'm written, Zeshmi, is the Yud Kevavke. That's the Yud Kevavke. That's the way it's written in the Torah. But Nikrab Alev Dalad. However, the actual way you read it, when you the way you're only allowed to read it, is with Alev Dalad. That's the Adnus Loshen Alev Alev Dalad Nun Yud. In the Sfaradi Sedurim, they actually have it very good because even when it says the words Yud Kevavke, the Nekudos of the Yud Kevavke are spelled out like Alev Dalad Nun Yud, so that you realize you're not supposed to say it that way. But anyway, that's the point. Zeshmi, is this my name? Is the name is Yudkevavke? But Zezichri, the way I should be remembered, the way I should be read, is a different way. Tan Rabbanu Brishoyna, originally Shem ben Shtemesrei Oisios. There was a name that had 12 letters. There was a known name of Hashem. There was a 12-letter name. They would pass it over to every single person. I mean, uh, I think Rashi says it was to the Kohanim that they should use it in the Birchas Kohanim to bless Klal Yisrael. However, when people, they, those who were indiscreet, they would use it for personal reasons. They would use that name. It was a very powerful name. And they would use it for uh, inappropriate things. Then they started only giving it over to those that were more discreet amongst the Kohanim, those that could trust, and those that were more tsanua, is more humble. The ones that were discreet and more humble were the ones that would get it. Shabakuna. And uh and uh uh they gave it over to these the the discreet ones in the Kunavatsnuin, Shabakuna, Mablin Oisa bin Ima. And they would swallow it, means they would say it quickly when the singing, when the Kohanim were doing the singing of the Duchening, they would say it over quickly that people should not be able to identify and hear the name, but it should have the force of giving the brocham. Now, when their brothers the Kohanim were singing, Tani we learned in the price, Amrabi Tarfan. Tarfan was a Kohen, his father was Kohen, his mother also was a Bas Kohen. So he says, One time I went up with my uncle, my mother's brother, the Duchen. I went up to the Duchen, Ozni, and I bent over my ear etzel kain gadol that 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 I to stand next to the kain gadol v'shamati shehivlia shame ben imus akhnakanim and I could hear that he was literally swallowing the word he was uh, saying it quickly during the time the name of Hashem during the time when the kahanim were doing the singing they were they, they were singing Amar of Yehuda Amar Rav shame ben oisio arboim shtaim oisios that their name of 42 letters, it's even a higher level name, the name of 42 letters, is only given over to someone that is discreet, for anav and humble, for omed v'chetz yamav, and he's already reached half of his lifetime, for and is a person that does not get angry, for he does not get drunk, this is a person that is uh, he for, he's forgiving, he's got a forgiving nature, that when people get, anger him, even if he, they deserve, they should be reproached, he doesn't, he, he's able to forgive. 
Hayodeya, uh, and anyone that knows this name, the Hazoyerbo, and is careful with it, Meshama, and safeguards it, the Tahara impurity, all of Lamala, he's beloved from above, the Nechmad Lamata, and he is endeared below, the Emosa Mutelas Alabrios, and he has the respect, his literally his fear is, uh, is over, the, o- 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 over all, all creatures, and his people fear him, people respect him. And he will inherit both worlds, this world and the world to come. Amar Shmuel, Nishmei de Saba. Shmuel said over in the name of an elderly Chochem. Bovel becheskes kshera omedes. That anyone who comes from Bovel is automatically considered to be in a chazaka, in a legal presumption that they are kosher, that there's no uh, genealogical dis- uh, impurities. Unless that legal presumption is broken, meaning if there's a reason to believe that we have proof that that presumption is not there, until that point, you keep the legal presumption. Shara Rotsas, the rest of the countries, there you have to deal with people as if the legal presumption is there is a genealogical problem, uh, and on those, they, they are in, a, in, a, in that status. Until then, and then you can prove by doing your due diligence to show that this person does not have. We're going to see. You have to go back four generations. We're going to have later on how far do you have to go back to establish a, a the legal presumption that is kosher. Now, so the ever comes out like this. Above all, you're kosher until we prove you're not kosher. Everywhere else, you're not kosher until we prove you're kosher. What about Eretz Yisrael? Eretz Yisrael, if someone's illegal, uh, just, uh, in an illegal presumption, his family's disqualified, that he's possible, you deal with him like his possible. But if it's a legal presumption that he's kosher, then you deal with him like he's kosher. So when it says that in Eretz Yisrael, it seems to be con- a contradictory situation. Why is it contradictory? This itself is contradictory. In Eretz Yisrael, you said that if somebody is from a legal presumption that his family is disqualified, then possible, you have to deal with him like possible. The implication is, let's say you don't have legal presumptions one way or the other. Not possible and not kosher. What would the implication be? He's okay. Only if it's actually legal presumption that's possible is no good. But if you don't know one way or the other, then the assumption would be, the implication would be that it's kosher. But then the next clause says, is that that in the legal presumption that he's okay, you deal with him as kosher. Implication is, that if it's not one way or the other, what would the implication be? That it's possible. So the implications from both statements are contradictory. Clear? So I'm a Rav Huno, he bartachlif from Ishmael the Rav There's no contradiction over here. That depends on what you're trying to do with this presumption, with legal presumption. To marry off this person, then you have to assume like this, is that he's the legal presumption that if there is a legal uh, that presumption that he's kosher, then you can, then to get married into this family, so a woman, if a woman, you want to marry a woman from a family, the legal presumption is kosher, then it's okay, right? But you have to have the legal presumption. Okay, otherwise, if you don't know, it will be problematic until you can establish a legal presumption. That's to marry into the family. The other khan, lahotzi isha meyado, the case over here, what happens if somebody already married and did not do the due diligence and check? So in such a case, you have to say, let him stay with that until what? Until you can create the legal presumption that it was no good. But otherwise, we're not going to force him to get divorced. Meaning like this, to get married, you have to start with the legal presumption that it's okay. If you don't know for sure, not enough, not good enough. You have to know it's okay. You married already, then we're only going to force you to get divorced if the legal presumption is not okay. If we're not sure, that's not enough to say you have to get divorced. That's so there was no contradiction. Amrad Yosef. That if a person has an accent or he speaks with a, a, a Babylonian dialect, we can marry off to him a woman without checking him out because the, the fact that he speaks that way, what does that imply? That he is from Babylonia. In Babylonia, we consider to be becheskas kosher, so that's okay. But nowadays, the ikaramoi, you have people that are underhanded. You have people that learn how to speak with that type of dialect or accent, specifically 
so that they should not be questioned about their lineage. So nowadays, the way a person speaks is not good enough to associate him with coming from Bavel. Chashina, we are concerned, and we have to do a better uh, investigation. Ziri was a student of Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan had a daughter. Ziri was an upstanding young man, and Rabbi Yochanan wanted Ziri to marry his daughter, Rabbi Yochanan, his Rebbe's daughter. The problem was Ziri came from Bavel, and Rabbi Yochanan was from Eretz Yisrael, and therefore Ziri felt from a lineage standpoint it would be marrying down. Now, this is a bit of an uncomfortable situation because his Rosh Hashiva wants him to marry his daughter. So therefore, Mishtamit Minei Rabbi Yochanan, he evaded him. He avoided coming into contact with him so that this should not come up. All right? So the Hava Amar lay Nasi Bir, because he knew Rabbi Yochanan wanted that he should marry Rabbi Yochanan's daughter. Yomachad, one day, Hava Ka'azle Urcha, they happened to be traveling. On, on a path, and they came to a river to get a pool of water to a stream. So he carried Rabbi Yochanan, must have been a strong guy, Rabbi Yochanan was a very heavy fellow, but he picked up Rabbi Yochanan on his shoulders and carried him across the water. He carried him over. So Amalei, or Raisan Ksherab, my Torah is kosher for you. My Torah, you have no problem with to the fact, to the point that you even carry me across the water. But Benassim, but my daughter, like Sharon, she's not kosher for you. So my Torah is okay, but my, my daughter's not okay. So my daitach, what's the reason? What is the reason you would think that you don't want to marry my daughter? Why? Because you come from Bavel, and Bavel you think is, okay, is no problems, and only Eretz Yisrael has problems. So Rabbi Yochanan said to him, he says, Ilema, maybe, because you, you'll say, like we learned previously, we learned in the mission at the beginning of this parak, Asara Yuchsin Olimi Bavel, there were 10 generations, of, 10 classifications of, 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 state, of status that came up from Bavel, right? Now, what does it say over there? Kahani Levi. Kahani Levi and Israelim was the first three groups, right? Now he says, what do you think? All the Kahanim came. All the Levim came. All the Israelim came. Of course, that's not what happened. Some were left behind. Well, the same way as some Kahanim Levim and Israelim, actually the majority of them were left behind, so too when it goes through the other ones, the Mamzerim, the Nasinim, also must be some of those were left behind. So why do you think that you're coming from Bobel, you're in any better shape status-wise as us here in Eretz Yisrael? Well, that was his question. So he says like this, Do you think all the Kahanim of Israel went up? Just as some of the Kahanim of Israel were left behind, actually the majority were left behind, so then so too from the disqualification, from the genealogical disqualifications, also some, and, and, and probably the majority were left behind. If so, there's no reason why you should think that you are superior genealogically to my daughter, right? So says the Gemara is that actually that was a mistake because we already learned yesterday Rabbi Lazar said that the reason when it says Alu or Helu is actually Ezra did clean out Bavel. He did remove all of the genealogical problems and Rabbi Yochanan obviously there was a bias. You see when people have a bias they forget things. He forgot that teaching and actually Bavel was considered to be more genealogically pure than Eretz Yisrael. Ishtamitise means he forgot. Hada Amar Rabbalaz, that which Rabbalaz had taught, Lo Alu Ezra mi Bavel, that Ezra did not come up from Bavel, Adje Asal Kesolus Nakia, until he made Bavel like refined, like fine flour, uh, as opposed to a mixed batter for Allah. Okay, and then he, only then he went up. Okay. Ula Ikla Le Pumpadisa. I'm not trying to understand what that, what that, what does that mean then? He, he weeded out so that all more actually, all pure state in Babylonia. All only pure genealogy. He cleaned out all of the problematic families were taken up to Eretz Yisrael because he felt that a all the chachamim were going up to Eretz Yisrael. They would be able to manage it better, and therefore he Bavel then was considered to be like pure. Oy. Was considered to be pure, like a fine fine flour. And therefore, the people in Bavel now thought that they were more pure. They were. They were considered pure. Right, because you're going to Israel, which is the holier place. Right, anyway, but right? nevertheless, that's where all the uh, you know. Listen, nowadays, anyone gets into trouble, where do they run to? Okay. They're in Israel. Yeah.
until they have trouble in Israel and they come to the valley. But anyway, anyway, so the point is like this. So uh, the, 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 therefore, the point is that, that, that therefore it says that he forgot about that. We're holding about a quarter way down on Ayn Allah from Advais. All right. So one of says like this, Ula Ikla Pumpadisa. Ula went up to Pumpadisa, or he arrived in Pumpadisa, he actually came from Eric Strolls, so went down to Pumpadisa. Lebei Rab Yehuda. And he went to the yeshiva, the household of Rab Yehuda. Chazya, over there he saw Rab Yitzchak Bereid Rab Yehuda, the Godal Deloy Nasib. Rab Yehuda had a son that was name was Rab Yitzchak, Rab Yitzchak that already was older, and he was single, right? Those days, they didn't wait until they became 20 or whatever. They used to marry in their teens. So he's looking at this kid. This kid's already older. And he says to him, I'm a lay. My time of lay. Why have you not married off uh, your son, Rabbi Yitzchok? My time of Leminsev Why haven't you found a wife for your son? He says, I have a problem. He says, I don't know who to marry him off to because I'm concerned that, uh, that, 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 that they won't be of lineage that is appropriate. So I'm our leg. So Ula, so Ula said to him, he said, listen, listen, you know, you can't go overboard with this. Bottom line is you have to get married. But he said, what are you concerned? That you might come into a problem that there's a family that there was somewhere back then, back way back, that there were some genealogical issues. He says, we know in the Vuchat Netzar, when he conquered Yerushalayim, Pasuk says Beferish, Pasuk and Echa, that the women were raped. So therefore, how do we know, right? We who are now went into Bavel, or we are the descendants of those women. How do you know that it wasn't from a woman that Taka was, was raped by the rape and pillage of Yerushalayim? So stop going overboard that you're concerned that he might find someone. Who, who's to say that that, that that never happened to us either? That's the point. That, uh, that, that, that Ula was making to, to Rav Yehuda. He says, Ah, to Anan. He says, Ourselves, me, Adina, and are we sure to hate me, Hecha Katina, from where we come from? Dealing Hanach Dechsev, maybe from those that the Pasuk says, Barakain Echa, Noshim Betzion Inu, that women in Zion were raped. Sulais, the virgins, Be'are Yehuda, in the mountains of Yehuda, they were, they, they, they were violated. Now maybe you'll push back and say, what's the worst? Even if, in fact, the Jewish women were impregnated, then maybe you'll say it's not a problem because the child that's born from that offspring is a Jew, is considered to be a Jew. So at the end of the day, even if we are, but we're still there. But I'm worried about that there might be mamzerus. I'm worried about marrying my son into families that were not careful and there might be mamzerus. The Vlad is kosher, that the Vlad is considered to be a full-fledged Jew. Dilma, they still, we know that the, 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 the Navi castigates the Jewish people in terms of, we're going to see in a moment, that they engaged in wife-swapping. And therefore, the Navi castigates them. Obviously, this was something that was going on. This wasn't just a one-time occurrence. Now, if in fact there was wife swapping going on, the offspring from that, that's Mamzer. So how do you know we don't come from that? You know, so we'd like to believe we don't, but we don't know. So let's stop being so judgmental and worrying about the women that your, your son might end up marrying. We don't know ourselves what, what our own status is a hundred percent. So Moses says like this, but maybe we come from those that it says, they would lie down on ivory, beds made of ivory, and they, uh, they, they, they made putrid their couches. They spoiled, they despoiled their couches. Now what does it mean they despoiled their, their couches? What did they do? Right? The Amar Rabbi Yossi Barachanino, Elub Neodam, Amestinim, Bifnamayim, Bifnamitoseim, Arumim. They would urinate in front of their beds naked. So that's what he said. He, had a, he understood that's what the Pasuk refers to. But God of Aravavara, Avavavar castigated him. He said, can't be that that's what it's referring to. Yes, that's not appropriate behavior, but it can't be that what the Pasuk is talking about, the Navi is, uh, is condemning the, 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 those people for that behavior. Why? Because they were not Sanua, they did not. Uh, act 
appropriately, they urinated naked in front of their beds. So, if, that, if that's what it means, then the part, the Navi says, what's the punishment? That they're going to, because of their behavior, they're going to be the ones in front of the exiles. They're going to be the first ones in front of the exiles. You're going to tell me because a person urinated in front of his bed naked, he now deserves to be exiled and, and, and leave the exile. Is that, that can't be that behavior is what they resulted in. He says, because they urinate with name in front of their beds naked, they should be the first of the ones exiled. So El Amra Bavo, it's a different shot. What happened over here? Elibne Adam, where these are people that they would be very social. These couples would be very social. They would eat and drink together and get drunk. And then they would put their beds together. And then they would switch their wives one for the other. And they would make putrid their beds. That does not belong to them. That's what it's referring to. The point is that this behavior was going on and therefore who's to say that we're going to go ahead and judge other people for their lineage? How do you know, says Ula to Rabbi Yehuda, that what? So therefore, you know what? You get your, go, get, go marry off your son. So Amalei, so Hechene Avid. So Rabbi Yehuda says, okay, fine, I hear you. But at the end of the day, what should be a litmus test? How do I determine who I marry off? This is fascinating for Shidduchim. How do you determine which families I should marry my son to? So he said like this, Look for those families that are quiet. If there's a family that's always embroiled in some type of machlokas, always embroiled in fighting, that's not a family you want to have. You look for families that things are quiet, right? So... Uh, like we find in Eretz Yisrael, they used to check Kiminzer the tray Bahadi Adadi. So then uh, uh, they would take, they would take a look if there actually happened to be a fight between two people. Who's the first one that would back down? Who's the one? It would be an argument, the one to be quiet, the one who would would let it go. They would look because that was a sign that they are more genealogically fit because that those midos are tied to uh, genealogical impurities, the ability not to, 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 to back down and not continue a machlokas. So he says, They would say the one that backed down is the one that is more genealogically fit. They would look for that. So you too, you want to know who your son is? Find families that there's no machlokas. So I'm a rab. The silence of Bovel, the, the peacefulness and the quiet uh, nature of families in Bovel is a sign of their lineage. So I want to ask, Amy, is that so? Meaning like this, bottom line is, he's saying is, you don't have to do any real investigation in terms of geneal- genealogy. All you have to look at is what? Whether they fight or not. Yeah, take a look if they're, they're, if they're a peaceful family. So says the more of Rav. We know Rav himself who just made this comment. He went, Lebei Shichl. What's the, the Gersa here in Rashi? He changes it to. He went to, uh, uh, he, he went to uh, a, a, a certain Lebei uh, Shichlo, to a certain city in, in Bavel, Ubodak Bahu, and he investigated. My love. What does it mean investigate? It seems to be that the Yehuso, he checked the lineage. You just said you don't have to check the lineage in Bavel. So says, no, what he checked is, he's checked on the peacefulness of the family. That's all he checked on. Uh, uh, and this is what he said to, who? to them. You should check if this is a quiet family, there's a family that is not embroiled in Machloikas, uh, if it's not, if it's a family that is always involved in some type of argument, that's the way you check, but not you have to go checking who the father and the grandfather and the grandmother, you don't have to do that kind of checking. If you see two people that are always fighting, they're two individuals that are always fighting and can never get along, so what, is, what does that show you? It's a sign from Shemayim that one of them has a disqualified lineage and Hashem does not want these two families to marry 
off into one another. Hashem doesn't want Shemaim, they're not allowing them to cleave to one another. Now, Rabbi Shubhan Levi disagrees. He says when it's individuals that are fighting, who says? Maybe they're fighting because of Parnassa. Maybe they're fighting because of uh, other reasons. So it's not about, he says, when it, that's not true on an individual level. So he says, Amr Shubhan Imra mishpachos. It's if you see, sometimes it's families are fighting. Two families, the McCoys and the Hatfields. If you see that there is two families that are fighting, not just individuals, right? Then Then you can draw the, uh, the, the information from that, that one of the families have a tainted lineage. They don't want one to cleave to the other. Amra Papa Saba, Papa the elder said, Mishmei Durab, Bovel Brio, that Bovel, if you're going to compare a, the, the, the location to the, the, the health of an individual. So Bovel is considered like a healthy person. Meishan is Mesa. Meishan is like a dead person. Meaning the disqualifications and the genealogical problems in Meishan is like the body's already dead. Madai, all right, that's Chola. That's like somebody who is sick. And Elam, Elam is considered Goiseses. Goiseses is like uh, uh, on, a, on the deathbed, right? You got Goises. What is Goises? means it's very, very sick. So Gmona says like this What's the difference between the Cholim and the Goisesim? So Gmona says, Rav Cholim Lechai. Most people that are just sick. They will end up living, which means that again, the majority of the, the of the people in that area will have kosher lineage. But rov goes to sin. But most people that are goes to sin, that's lamisa. So then, the most of the people there are in, in elam are genealogically unfit. Ad heichanal. Okay. Now we've said that Bavel has this purity of genealogy, right? Now we're trying to try establish the boundaries of Bavel that within these geographical uh, boundaries you have that chazaka that you don't have to do any uh, background checks because they're considered genealogically fit. So we're trying to figure it out. Now I, I think that in the article there's actually a uh, picture. Take a look. Uh, 71B3, do you see it? Yeah. Right? You take a look, there, there, there's a delta. Bavel, it lies between, on the western uh, side, you have the Euphrates, which is known as the uh, uh, Narpras. On the eastern side, you have the Chidekel, which is the Tigris, okay? Now, they... Uh, meet in the is it in the north? Where are they meeting over here? The They're meeting in the south and they open up in the in in, 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 in the north. Alright? So we want to know exactly within this delta, this uh, basin, where is Bavel halachically that anyone coming from that area is considered to be of pure lineage. Alright, everybody with me what we're about to do right now. Okay, so now let's see. So, it says more like this. Ad heichan hi bavel. All right, how far does bavel extend? Now we're asking. Rashi points out to the east of the the, the Tigris, meaning that you have the river. We want to know is bavel extend past the river on the eastern side that that's still considered to be halachically bavel concerning yichus. So, Rav Amar Ad Nahar Azok and Shmuel Amar Ad Nahar Yoni. I guess there were parallel rivers. I don't see it on the map, but there were parallel rivers past the Tigris. That so it's not up to the Tigris on the east side. It's even past the Tigris. That is still considered to be okay. So there's a question: Which one is it? Until the Azak River, or is it until the Nahar Yoani? That is the position of Shmuel. Okay. Now, Le'el Bediglas Adhechan upstream. How far upstream is it still considered to be Bavel on the on on the Tigris? So now I guess this would mean north. Right, I mean, in, in the article, is talking about the two cities. Is right now, there's no, there's meaning. Right? There's cities that are on the account uh, are, are on based around the river. Right. How far north on the Tigris is that still considered to be uh, Bavel? Right. right. 
So Gemara says like this. So the Gemara says, what's the two places? So Adai Echani Bobel, Rav Amar, El Badiglas means upstream of the Diglas, Ad Hecha. So Rav Amar Ad Bagda Avno. Until Bagda and Avna. If you take a look, Bagda and Avna are two cities on the opposite sides of the uh, Tigris River. So it says going up north, that's the furthest north until you get to the cities of Bagda and Avna. Shmuel Amar Ad Mushkani. Mushkani is even further, right? Now the Gemara understands right now that if you say until, it's not inclusive. Which means that if Shmuel is saying until Mushkani, that means the city of Mushkani itself is already outside of the zone. It's until you get to that city. So the Gemara says like this. So the Gemara says, Ad, uh, it means Ad Mushkani, but it means below Mushkani Bechlal, not including Mushkani. I, we have a contradiction then in Shmuel himself, because Amr of Babichia Bar Abba, Amr of Shmuel, Amr Shmuel, Mushkani Harek Mushkani is considered like the exile. The primary exile was Bavel. means Mushkani is considered like Bavel for Yechmas, means clean in terms of its genealogy, which means Mushkani is considered part of Bavel. So when it says Elo, when, when Shmuel said until, in this case, he doesn't mean until, not including, but when he said Ad Mushkani means, uh, Ad Mushkani means, Ad Mushkani Mechlal is included as well. Let's keep going. Now we're going downstream, which means uh, we're talking about going south. South. How far south is the does Bavel extend on the on the Tigris? So the Tigris ad hecha. So Amarav ad apamyo tato'o. This is Shmuel. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You're right. Amarav Shmuel. Amarav Shmuel ad apamyo tato'o. So there's going to be a lower apamya and an upper apamya. So he says, up till the lower apamya. Means inclusive of the upper apamya, but till the lower apamya, which the means not inclusive of the lower apamya. So therefore, ad apamya tato. That's what uh, Rav Shmuel said. So tarti apamya havan. The more explains is that there were two apamyas. Chada Elisa, one was the upper apamya, the Chada Tasyaisa, and one was the lower apamya. So Chada Ksheira, one is fit, the Chada Psula, and one is disqualified. Meaning the upper one is fit, the lower one is not fit. So until means not including the lower one. Now, Ubein Chada Lechada Parsa, the amount between them was a parsa. The parsa is four mil. Usually that's considered like 72 minute walk. Somewhere between two and a half and three miles. Okay. Now, the Kakapti Adadi, and actually the, the, the residents of these two Apamias were very strict with one another. They, they had nothing to do with each other. They would not even lend each other fire, which makes sense because the one is considered genealogically fit, one's not considered genealogically Like we said, they, don't, they, can't, they don't get along. The Simonayech, the Psulto, and the sign of which one is fit and which one's not fit. The ones that speak the Meishan language, which is the lower Apamya, they spoke Meishan, and Meishan was, was, is, is a sign of disqualification. So the ones that spoke in Meishan were the lower ones, and that's where the ones that are disqualified. Let's go right to Now, that was the Tigris. So we discussed the Tigris uh, up, down, and to the east. Now we're going to be dealing with the Pras, right? Now, the pras we don't have to deal with on, on the south because it actually meets the, 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 uh, the I'm saying the Euphrates, Euphrates, pras is the Euphrates. Euphrates and the pras come together. So whatever we said was the, 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 the lower portion, For the which is, uh, they, they were actually, yeah, right. But we're trying to find out now, we want to talk about the other dimensions for the, for the Euphrates. So the elder pras, so therefore upstream of the Euphrates, Rav Amar at Akra de Tulbanki, and Shmuel Amar at Gishra de Ve Pras. So Rav said until uh, Tulba de Tulbanki, if you take a look, Akra de Tulbanki, you see where it is on, on, the, on the Euphrates. And, uh, and, and, and Shmuel said that it, is the, it was known as the, the crossing, the bridge, the Euphrates bridge. Okay? That's the, up, up to there, it's considered Bavel for genealogy. Rabbi Yochanan Ama'ad Ma'avras the Gizma. It's the Gizma crossing, which is actually below. So it's, it's, <coughs> the furthest is Akka to Tubanki, then, the, and then there's the Euphrates Bridge, and then there's the uh, Gizma crossing. Okay? Now, the Mora says that Abaya, who lived generations 
couple generations after the Rav and Shmuel and Rabbi Yechanan liked he would uh, light Abai of Item Rabbi Yosef, since it was Abai, since it was his Rebbe, Rabbi Yosef cursed Adarav. Anybody that was lenient going with the opinion of Rav and saying it's okay until, what Rav said was, until the, uh, the, uh, uh, the, 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 uh, the afraid is bridged, is okay, he cursed that. He said, you can't rely on that. Right. So Gemara wants to know, light abaya. So why is he only cursing somebody who lies on Rav? He should be for sure cursed somebody who lies on Shmuel because Shmuel is even further oh, off. I made a mistake. Then. The highest one is Euphrates Bridge. No, the highest. No, the highest one was the Akedubanki. No. Akedubanki was the highest. Euphrates Bridge is below that, and then below that is the Gizma no. Crossing. Okay, that's how it is in the drawing, Rabbi. Oh, that's how it is in my drawing. Maybe they changed it. The Euphrates Bridge is the top. We're going to see that, that, that it was moved. So therefore, maybe the drawing oh, that I have, I, I picked up the old art scroll okay. over here. It has it the other way around. But let's see. So what I wanted to know is that why is he only cursing on the opinion of Rav and not cursing on the opinion of Shmuel, where Shmuel was even more lenient. So what okay. it says like this. So, uh, so Ella alight at the Rav a Kolshigan Shmuel means because he is cursing on Rav and even more on Shmuel because Shmuel is even more lenient. You can go even higher. The Ibai Sam Elohim and Rav light really only was cursing Rav. Shmuel lo light. The reason he cursed on Shmuel because Gisher de Bepraz the Tatar have a because in Shmuel's time they had removed the bridge. It wasn't as high up. It actually was lower down, and therefore, therefore, only if someone relied on Rav Shita. Means the picture we have is in, in, the, in the new is in, in the old one is when it was the bridge was moved. Okay, so therefore, uh, so there, so therefore, like this. So therefore, the uh, Olam actually was lower, and therefore Shmuel held that it only goes up to the the, the bridge. Was actually a, 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 a uh, was was okay because it's it's uh, it's more stringent than Rob, who said it goes all the way up to Accra the Tulbanki, right? Yeah. but nowadays the Gemara points out at the time that Ravina and Ravashi were editing the Gemara, Ha'idna who the Parsoi, the Persians actually uh, have uh, uh, that 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 meaning like this. I guess the way it was in Shmuel's time it was lower. Nowadays, the Persians have moved it higher. So therefore, that's why nowadays, of course, we don't rely on it. The only reason that, that there was no curse done on the way was because in Shmuel's days, it was lower, which actually was not problematic. But nowadays, if the Persians rerouted and they moved it higher, so of course, that would be even more lenient and you can't, if you don't, you're going to curse Shmuel's sheet, Rav's sheet, you'd have to curse Shmuel's sheet as well. Let's go back to him. Uh, let's stop over here, gentlemen. Let's stop over here.